0: Welcome to episode 40 of Without a Mic podcast. I'm Roger Baugh, We've got Spencer Cook. We've got Brittany here. Today we are going to be reviewing Blackbird, which is a great show, a little spoiler alert on Apple TV plus. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're just gonna we're not gonna bury the lead here at all. Um, but we're also going to talk about our top three. We're doing like a mini list so we're doing our top three favorite Taryn Edgerton projects um, after we review Blackbird so, Brittany's back from Hawaii. I'm in California.
1: Hello, everybody. It's
0: good to have you back.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to be back. You guys, I literally got teary-eyed when you guys were doing your little, we miss you, Britney. I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> We did miss you. We did.
1: And I know. I,
2: I felt like it was such a good episode, but it would have been literally ten times better if you were on oh, the pod.
1: Whatever. I loved it.
2: Yeah. Well, now we have Roger on the other end, sounding like a guest call-in right now. So this is this is awesome. Yeah,
0: this is with a mic podcast. Is that what it's called?
1: (laughs) Yeah, with a mic.
2: This is how I used to be. I I actually used AirPods for the longest time. I didn't have a mic, so I would always just put the AirPods in. Yeah, it's way better with a mic. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I'm stoked for this. Uh, Apple TV Plus a lot of different quality pieces of content coming out on Apple TV+, but this is just one of them, mm-hmm. right? Taron Egerton, he's kind of been off the grid for a little bit. Everybody knows him from the Kingsman series, uh, but I think that he has a little bit more to offer. And this is gonna be kind of intriguing because I'm not a big Taron Egerton person. However, Roger and Brittany both really love his work. Yep. So I think this will be intriguing to talk about Blackbird. So any uh, first initial thoughts before we dive into details on what you liked and didn't like about the show?
1: um he's also very good looking very attractive
2: <laughs> you gotta um, include that we gotta sure. throw that
1: in there because he i just especially in this show he looks like there's one scene where he has his shirt off he looks like wolverine okay and in that moment i was like no wonder they like he's trying to get a superhero body he looks unreal let's be real so, he just
2: looks like tom holland 10 years
0: from now so <laughs> do not
1: i don't know tom I holland don't. <laughs>
0: is off limits for this episode there's no tom holland talk it's it's because of that
2: one comment that roger thinks i'm a big fan of tom holland
1: well you're kind of backing it up a little bit you brought it up again exactly i, mean, I can
2: I can probably name more Taron Egerton projects than Tom Holland's, which is kind of sad. So that that should say something. I mean, yeah, and he, oh, go ahead, Brittany.
1: He doesn't have no. He just Taryn doesn't have a huge uh, book of work to really go from. But from what he has shown, I think he shows so much potential, and especially after Blackbird, just I've never seen him get that vulnerable. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool that like what his future will be like. Well, yeah. what do you guys I think, think about this actor. Then,
2: What did you guys think? Because I think there's a lot, the, a lot of different, I don't know, perceptions that could be taken. Cause I think the mass audience really enjoyed this show. Mm-hmm. I think many people are giving this kind of an eight out of 10 or higher rating on the way that they perceive the whole show. However, I have read reviews and seen different perceptions from people who are like, yo, this could have been a movie rather than a TV series because it was a good TV series, but it could have been a better movie, which I actually kind of fall in line with. So I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are in the show collectively.
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll just say I disagree with the movie thing. Um, the first thing I want to point out is this is based on a true story, and it's based on a book on that true story. Um, and the book is called In With The Devil. So this, this story is not one where you can sort of gloss over the details and i think the build that happened in this show um was necessary to get you to the point where um it ended right so like obviously you have larry hall who is the you know killer he's the target of this whole story um if you guys haven't seen the show definitely watch it there will be spoilers in here but for those of you who have you know it's James Keen, he goes into this high security prison to basically get a confession out of Larry Hall, who's been who's allegedly killed fourteen girls. Um, he's only been he's only confessed to one, but he's sort of this this eccentric character who likes to confess, he likes attention, he likes these things. So there's a lot in doubt. So basically, he goes into this prison, and his his job is basically to befriend him and get that confession out of him. And I think what stood out to me in the show, with it being so well done was just, like, the development of both Larry and James because the show could easily have focused on one or the other. But I think in tandem, uh, Paul Hauser and Taryn Edgerton's characters both sort of, like, in a way, they were almost reversing how they were, like, mm. devolving. So, like, you know, you meet Larry and he's kind of, like, they kind of lull you into this, like, oh, he's just kind of a weird guy. Like, everybody says he's innocent. Everybody says he's just kind of a... A, a weird, different guy, and then you see kind of James at the beginning, he's kind of portrayed as, like, a criminal, like, he's, you know, having sex, and he's, you know, got guns and drugs, and he's just kind of this, like, cool hotshot guy.
1: He's just hot shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And so, as...
1: And Larry is not. He's not. That's what I... It shows... It shows you go... If you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. It shows from him going... He's, like, Taryn is just so cool. He's so cocky. He gets girls. And then you see Larry, who is like bragging about talking to 13 year old
0: girls. Right. mm-hmm
1: because you know and i want to say at one point i did think like maybe larry didn't do it there was one point mm-hmm. maybe like for for from like half of an episode i was like you know what maybe he didn't do it. i thought it was his old twin brother right i was like until Taryn found a notebook in his cell. And then I was like, oh yeah, he definitely did it. Mm-hmm. Now we've got to nail this guy, you know? Right. But, um, yeah, I did like that they were so opposite, but they could connect somehow. Right. Like Larry, mm. how do, t- how do two people like that, that are so opposite connect? And that just shows that Taryn actually, like, I think at first it was really self, um, selfish. He was like, I will get out of prison. Like, I have a 10-year sentence but if i get this i'm out mm-hmm. until until it genuinely turned into oh these families and these girls need justice yeah and that was my favorite part of it
2: well i think like don't get me wrong i i actually enjoyed the show i thought it was a really good and and authentic piece of work i just i do incorporate the end to the overall quality of any project whether it's a movie or a tv show And I felt like because it was so abrupt, and I understand it's a true story. However, I think that there are after effects from family, relatives, circumstances, situations that they could have included to kind of resolve the ending a little bit better, which is why I kind of lean more towards the, wow, maybe if this was a film idea, because I spent, I I think there are six episodes, I can't remember, but I spent like five hours pretty much build, 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 build to have kind of a week hour of, of TV. And that's where I was like, okay, I I get the true story concept. However, if you're going to build it up this much, it just felt like I had such a minuscule like peak of the story to where I was like, aha, you know, and then that went away so fast. And so I just think if you had a movie format where you take the six hours, you condense it into two and you can really dive into loose ends, you know, like there was the corrupt, prison guard and there was the mafia boss and that relationship, none of these things got resolved and nor maybe they'd never did in real life. But at the same time, why do you introduce something that kind of seemed major in the moment to then have no resolution at the end? That's where I was kind of like, okay, if this was a movie, they probably would have left a lot of that out because it just didn't make sense. However, because they had to stretch it out so long, they included these pieces that never got resolved. So that's where my maybe argument is there.
1: I didn't mind the ending. I will say, for them to be so um, concerned about this prison particular, because James um, had to go to another prison, right, to go get the confession, and it was supposed to be, like, a scary, scary prison, I wish that they would have made it look scarier. Like, honestly, I was like, that he's just acting like it's a walk in the park for him. And not that that's a bad thing. I was just kind of, like, wanting to see more, like, mm. jail stuff. And you're right, the corrupt cop, the Italian mafia, nothing ever came about any of that. Yeah. And he was never threatened. That's another thing. He was never, like, threatened ever. And it's like, I just don't know if that's really believable. Yeah, there wasn't part a lot of, of, of contrast.
0: Story. Yeah. Well, I'll say, yeah. as a it disclaimer, wasn't part of the story. none of us have read the book, so we don't know exactly the true events of what happened and how this compares to the story. For sure. Because this, that's a fair mm-hmm. point. If this is how it happened, then it's hard to fault it, because that's historically accurate right but whenever you see based on a true story that based means there's a little wiggle room so they may have dramatized certain aspects of it Uh, but I think I think the real focus of it was sort of the dynamic between Larry and James and sort of how Larry devolved and how James evolved I think that was like the message of the of the story right because in stories like these it's kind of tough because there's really no closure at the end for the families like Spencer mentioned you know that's that's not something they were really able to give. I mean the only good thing that came out of it was they locked him up for good, you know, they got what they needed. But I think I think it was just such a great dive into people, right? Like these two people yeah. and sort of their own, you know, path, either down or up. And I think this the closest thing this is that this I can compare this to is uh Mindhunter actually. And I think this is basically Mindhunter if it were one Uh, serial killer that they're focusing on like this is because Mindhunter if you haven't seen it it's sort of the evolution of the behavioral analysis unit and so they go and they interview serial killers and they try to you know figure out what makes them tick and sort of understand them and to help them catch other serial killers and so this felt like it could have been like an offshoot of Mindhunter um, which Spencer and I both really love that show I, I, I don't know have you seen Mindhunter Brittany?
1: Yeah I've I only saw like you know Clips of it when because Braden watched it, and I was like, Is that Jonathan
2: Groff? Yeah, I
1: I was like, like, What the heck? Yeah, so I knew him from like Hamilton, and I was like, What's he doing in this dark show? But yeah, so I saw clips of it,
0: but yeah, so we'll take the oh, go ahead, Roger. I was just gonna say, uh, Paul Hauser, who plays Larry Hall in the show, he actually spoke with, um, and Spencer reminded me his name, the actor who plays Ed Kemper. um Oh, yeah.
2: I know you're talking about.
0: But they're good friends. In real life. You, so he, but, yeah. Yeah. He talked to him a lot throughout the process of Blackbird to kind of not to copy him, but to kind of understand his process for getting in the mindset of someone who's so like sick and twisted. Um, so there are a lot of crossovers here. But I feel like if you really like Mindhunter, you would really enjoy this, this show. I think it's one of the closest things I've yeah. seen to Mindhunter.
2: Cameron Britton, by the way, uh, he won, he, right. I think he's the only Emmy winner from Mindhunter and he played a supporting role in Ed Kemper. So yeah, which kind of brings me to my thought on Paul Walter Heiser, obviously the best performer in this entire series, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's almost hard to dispute because he was so good, Emmy worthy for sure, if this was a film this would be Oscar worthy for his portrayal. Mm-hmm. And I watched an interview with him and, you know, cause he's, he's spoken out publicly that he's against method acting, he's he's not about it. He perceives method acting as the way you treat your your colleagues on set more than the work itself. And he's like, I just can't get into that mindset, especially playing this character yeah. and as heavy as it is. He's like, I can't, I can't play this character and then act like this terrible human being to the cast and crew that are making it possible for me to actually do this Mm -hmm. so I, i mean what do you think do you think he'll be up for an emmy for his performance or do you think this show will kind of slide under the rug
0: absolutely i think he'll be in there i think it's too good it's like a it's it's one of those roles where you don't see the actor you see the character and the fact that he didn't method act and You know, he tried to maintain his humanity, it sounds like, a little bit, like, with this role, because you kind of have to devolve a certain point to nail how well he did it. I think that's just incredible. And the only thing I've ever seen him in before this was Cobra Kai, where he's just kind of this goofy, silly character. And so to see him do, like, it'd be like seeing Heath Ledger in A Knight's Tale, and then just watching The Dark Knight, and you're like, oh my goodness, is that the same person? Like, how is that even possible? So that's why I feel like, with him, it was such a massive jump into... A very dark and and thorough role, and he nailed it so well. I think I think he's going to get an Emmy nod and potentially even he's win. He's
1: very for creepy. Yeah, yeah, he's very like. It's like that's the word I would use. Like, at first you think Larry's just like a dumb country boy, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what the vibe you're getting. Like his his brother's the best, and this is just the brother. Like you know, he's the little brother of this cool dude, whatever. But when you're watching, you're like, I'm almost, like, sketched out. I'm like, what's he going to say next? Like, it was so creepy. He's always lurking. I think that he's a lot smarter than he shows.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Um, But I will say that who really should get a, a nod is the makeup, the hair and makeup. He made... Um, Paul look exactly like Larry Hall. Like, I've never exactly. looked up Larry Hall. If you've Hall, seen actually. them, I just, the I just looked it up. I just looked it up, the, and end of and the show. it's incredible. They showed
0: a picture. Oh wow, of... it's yeah. incredible. Yeah.
1: Taryn, not so much, but that's okay. But Larry, just like you know,
0: well, not many people look Paul. like Taron, but uh, I mean, only Tom Holland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't feel that's accurate. <laughs> Get out of that's here. That's good. I
1: can't do that voice at Get all. That's here. really good. <laughs> I loved.
0: I loved how just to kind of toot Paul Hauser's horn a little bit more. Like I think his character was so original. Like I I can't really compare it to anything, and I think that's the mark of a great acting performance. Like it truly felt singular in his portrayal of Larry Hall. Like it's not like it can be like oh yeah he, it's just like this other guy or or this other performance, and so I loved sort of that unpredictability like britney said he's smarter than he lets on he's got this big plan you know when he finds out that he's his chances of getting out go up you know he changes and he gets a lot happier so it's like he Mm -hmm. you know he does have a lot more going on there but he's sort of got this role where he plays like this you know person that you can kind of ignore he's a little creepy but everyone says oh he's just like that's just larry right and so i think that's such a great like he nailed all aspects of that role. He was the psychopath killer that you see flashes of. And then you see like that unassuming guy to the point where Brittany even said he may not have even done it. You know, I'm not sure at this point. So like for him to give you that, not having done the backstory just to get that out of his performance, I think is just a nod to how excellent he did. And Taryn did a good job too.
2: Let me ask you guys this. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, if, because I don't know, in my perception, if this story was kind of, I don't know, start to finish executed kind of top notch, I think this would get much more recognition because I think the acting is kind of what is keeping this this entire project into like kind of the top notch category. Whereas if you take Paul Walter Heiser, you take Ray Liotta, you take Taryn's performance out and you you know kind of just supplement it with maybe no namers, but like up and coming actors, I don't think you get nearly the same kind of representation. So I think the acting is kind of keeping this very much afloat. So like what, I don't know, like what would you consider maybe the the one missing link in this show? Or do you not think that there is a missing link?
0: I think that's hard to answer again, because I don't know the real story. I haven't read the book. Um, And the book is written by James Keene, the the character that Taron Edgerton is playing. So he wrote a book after his experience about what happened. So without knowing how much of the show is, you know, dramatized for Hollywood and how much of it is based on true events, um, I think that's a hard question to answer because, like I said, if this is the true story, then you can't really knock them for just telling it how it is. Um, but if there are aspects that they took out or changed that sort of weakened the project overall, I think that's where you could maybe pick it a little bit. And i have read some articles about sort of the consistencies and it sounds like for the most part they stuck with the true story so if that's the case i mean again this is this isn't a show with a lot of action it's not a show with a lot of like you know i don't want to say like mystery but it's it's a slow burner between two people is basically what it's about so in a way like what they needed to do was nail those two roles because that's what the show is really about it's about larry and James, and their interaction and progression throughout the story. And yeah, there's other things happening, like the prison guard, or the mafia, or his father, you know. But at the end of the day, the story is really like, what happened between these two people, and how did it progress to the point where you know, there was a resolution.
1: Well, I want to know. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so, while I'm saying this, I want you guys to think of what you're going to rate this. I want a rating from you guys, okay? But, I didn't mind the end at all. I don't I mean, I didn't think it was horrible. I did think, and this is probably from a viewer perspective, I thought there was going to be two more episodes. So when it did end abruptly, I was kind of like, oh, that's it? Like, I was almost like a little bit disappointed, but I think that's because I thought there were two more episodes. I don't know why I thought that. I was just like, oh, there'll probably be like, you know, eight or nine episodes, like a normal limited series. Um, the ending, though... I really, really liked, I loved how James Kane turned into a humble, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a happy ending. No. And I think that's what gets like, I don't, I don't think it was a happy ending for anybody, really. I mean, James went through literal hell.
2: Nor did it need and... to be either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. And it, it didn't need to be, but I do just, I, I didn't hate the ending. I do think that it was a little fast. Um, I think if there would have been, like, one more episode where we got a little bit more of the... um, When he's in the... What's it called? The shoe? What is it? Yeah. Solitary? Mm -hmm. When he's in solitary, I think that that would have been... You know, because he comes out... It was a little fast. He gets into solitary. You see him freak out because he needs to get this information or else he's not... Or else that was for nothing, basically. If he can't get this info, that was for nothing. So... He's trying his hardest and then it was so fast to where he comes out and he's just like shaking. He's obviously, he's, he's been in solitary. He's, you know, but I think if we would have had more time on that, I think the ending would have been a little bit better. I think that's what could have fixed it a little bit.
2: Well, to go to your point and as well as Roger's uh, just from a moment ago, I think you could take True, true, true Stories two different directions. You can say, either say A... If I wanna stick as close to the script as possible, which it sounds like they did, That's what I think. create a documentary. Make it make it make it actual events, right? Because that is saying I wanna keep this as close to the actual events as possible. Whereas if you're gonna dramatize something, you know, I look at Under the Banner of Heaven, which is a great Hulu project, and they added two characters that are completely fictionalized to a true story. And so they kind of mix and mingle the true story, but they said, Hey, we wanna dramatize it. We want to make a good TV show. So how do we do that? We got to create two characters that won't, it won't take away or impact the story to make you think, oh, this was fake or this was a lie, but rather they're there to enhance the story. And so I think since they went the route of keeping this a show and not a documentary, they could have used aspects to kind of maybe impact the story or make it a little bit more enhanced or kind of just inflate the drama a little bit to like allow things to kind of resolve themselves because to britney's point i don't think the ending was bad it was just abrupt it was really quick it just ended really fast um by no means is it like ruining the show for me i just think that if you wanted kind of a more well-rounded limited series rather than me trying to say oh let's make this a movie i think you could have added some some points of emphasis there but just a, a small thought i don't think this film or this tv series was bad at all i think you know, I think it's actually one of Apple T V Plus's most I don't know, appealing shows to watch right now, especially in the era that we're in with serial killers and true crime.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really their singular like true crime show at the moment, right? So if you're if you're coming to Apple T V Plus and you like criminal minds or again, Mindhunter or shows like that, then I, I think this is the show that you'd probably gravitate to for sure. And they have some other stuff that sort of delves into like crime but not in the way that this does and sort of a gritty dark realistic approach um so yeah i think i
2: mean they filmed in a real prison they did so that's that's another aspect you know when he was locked in his prison cell he was actually locked in his prison cell he like literally couldn't get out Mm -hmm. and so taron egerton talked about a little bit of anxiety going through his head as he's like wow i'm actually in a prison cell right now
1: i do think i didn't see any like before we talked about this because we talked about this weeks ago about let's watch blackbird Or Roger said he was watching it, so we jumped on and watched it, too. I didn't see any, like, advertisement for this at all. Nope. And I have Apple TV. I have, I didn't see anything. So I do think that this is also really under the radar. I haven't seen any marketing on it. Nothing. And anyone who I talk to about it, I'm like, have you you heard of Blackbird? They're like, no, what's that? Like, this is really... I think that's something that Apple TV can do better at.
0: The only thing I yeah. think, is marketing. The only places I've seen it promoted are on Paul Hauser and Turn Edgerton's Instagrams. And I think Apple TV, sometimes they play like a little ad before a show starts. So I've seen it there once or twice. But yeah, Apple TV is not really like, they're not Amazon priming this with Lord of the Rings, right? It's not like it's everywhere and it's like, this is going to be the best show ever.
1: No, nobody's, yeah, I don't, I would love to see the numbers on it. Um, but I do think if they want an Emmy nom, I do think Paul is deserving of it. I I want to say Taron is, but I'm going to say no. I, like, I want to say yes, but I'm probably going to say no. I
0: think he's worthy of a nomination. Because, um, again, with the Emmys, they're nominating, like, sometimes eight, nine people, right? So I would say yeah, I wouldn't think he would be the one who wins it would be my guess. But for a, for a nod, I, I, I don't think that's out of the range of possibility.
1: yeah. I just, um, I think that if Apple TV really wants to compete and get these shows out, like if you're already doing Blackbird, Ted Lasso, The Morning Show, obviously, um, <laughs> if you're doing those types of shows that people love, I think that they need to up their marketing big time. Whoa. Well, okay. We need to, we, people need to, people need to think of Apple TV when they think of what streaming service, because I don't think of it.
2: Well, when it, to, when it comes to, when it comes to awards though, like you don't need marketing, right? That's the nice thing about box office compared to awards is box office, you need the marketing. Mm-hmm. You need you need people to see it. You if, if you want money, that is where you need marketing. Whereas if you want awards, nobody care. Like honestly, none of the voters care. They're gonna watch it regardless because it's gonna be on their list of shows to watch that they're gonna need to rate anyways. Cause if they're submitted, they're submitted. So if a show or a movie submitted, then those voters have to watch it to then say, okay, here's my vote for this. So I do agree that Apple TV needs to produce more marketing just in general, because yeah. at the end of the day, they have the one or top two best quality-driven shows and projects on streaming right now. And nobody knows about it. They're, when they think of Apple TV+, Plus, they think of Ted Lasso. That's mm-hmm. the number one thing, which is not a bad thing to think about, but that's all they think about. Whereas if you think of Netflix, you know, people are kind of streaming and thinking, oh, like that new Salmon show, Breaking Bad is on Netflix. Okay, cool. Peaky Blinders, Ozark, Stranger Things. Like they, they just know because of the marketing behind it. Whereas Apple TV, people don't know about Slow Horses or in the eyes of Ptolemy Gray or Severance or any of these other shows because it's all word of mouth. It's not big budget marketing. So I do agree with that. I just think when it comes to awards, they probably don't need to worry too much because... It doesn't impact him that that much.
1: I just yeah, as a viewer, when I'm watching the awards, is what how I was thinking of it. You know, oh, like okay. As viewer, yeah, that makes yeah. Sense. As a viewer, you're like, oh, Taryn or Paul. Like, what did they? You know, like it was like us when we were doing our Emmy noms, and we're like, who the hell got nominated for the morning show? <laughs> yeah, you that's know a good what point. I mean. That's a good like, point. Like, what the heck is going on? So just like from a viewer's standpoint, but yeah, they they're gonna do the work, and they're gonna get recognized for the work, no matter. The marketing no matter whatever but just from a viewer standpoint i would like to i would like people to know this this of tara negerton because i think it's his top project so far i really do wow
0: really okay mm-hmm. well i want to say I, this the range yeah i want to say this about apple tv plus because i'm probably the biggest advocate for them right now mm-hmm. they're my favorite streaming service along with hbo right now and i think what i think they're actually really smart about this because they're not they're not really worried about the marketing side of things like Amazon or maybe an HBO or, you know, some of these other like Netflix as well. Like Netflix is pushing marketing so hard because they're struggling, right? Like people are leaving Netflix. So they're like, Hey, come back. And what Apple's doing is they're creating quality content and then they're just letting it be. And I think that's really smart because when these award shows come up, Ted Lasso has won awards, Severance will likely win awards. Um, I think there's other shows that are going to win awards from them. And what that's doing is it's bringing people in because they'll see the award show and they'll be like, oh, this show won a lot of awards. They did that with Coda. Coda won Best Picture and it was on Apple TV+. And so what happens is Apple's basically saying, we're going to make these projects. We don't really care if you watch them when they come out, but then they're going to be so good that they win awards and you're going to see those awards and then you're going to come watch them and you're going to say, wow, this is really good. What else do you have? And then we just have more quality content. And I think that's really smart because they're not wasting money on marketing. They're putting that money into the content they're making. And that is self-satisfying in its own right. And I think that's honestly, like, if you want to build a brand and be successful, I think that's the best way to do it. Like, don't put a bunch of money into marketing because your stuff will market itself once it becomes, like, seen. If someone sees a show on Apple TV+, they're going to be like, wow, that was really good. Like. What else do you have? Oh, that was really good too. Like, and I mean, that's been my experience. So I just think,
1: I think HBO max does it best. I think, I think they have the perfect, um, content of whatever they put out. We're going to trust. They've had, they have a track record of, you know, mostly what they put out is really good. And then they also have marketing behind it. They have commercials. They have, you know, so I think, I think, I get what you're saying, and I, I, I totally agree, Apple. It's it's actually really cool that they do it mm-hmm. that way, but I think HBO Max does it best.
0: Well, and the, the funny thing is Apple is, was is, and I don't know if anyone else has reached this milestone, but they're the first trillion dollar company. So, you know, the way that they make their products and, and that's channeled, I think, into Apple TV Plus, because it is a product, you know, they're in, including free, like, three, six, you know 12 month trials with all the new devices you get if you get a new iphone if you get a mac if you get an apple watch or an ipad you get free apple tv plus so you're like cool i'll watch this it's really cheap right now it's like five bucks a month so they're basically lowering the barrier entry to get you in and once you're in you see all this great content and you love it so they can do that obviously like hbo doesn't have phones and amazon's really the only one other one who can do that because they're they have amazon prime so they can just lump it yeah, in because
1: they're amazon <laughs> Yeah, the biggest so company ever it's,
0: it's like uh it's a different <clears throat> dynamic for them i think um i'm not saying that they if they did more marketing that wouldn't help but i think that's really not their focus um but i do think hbo does a good job as well um hbo's got that they're, they're, they're a developed brands like they're established so like game of thrones is their their cash cow like obviously that's put in full swing right now. So marketing that obviously really helps them because people already know it. But I don't know if advertising Severance or Blackbird a ton would even get people to go watch it necessarily because it's, I don't know.
1: I think a trailer would. I think if I saw a trailer on Blackbird on YouTube or, you know, like right before what I'm about to watch, like, I think if I saw that, I actually would have been interested before you guys told me about it. I would have been interested. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, okay, let's, go, let's get to the ratings. What do you guys rate this? One to ten. Mm. Should I go first? Yeah, I go, go first. Okay. At first, I put 7.5 because Spencer got into my ear a little bit. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, actually, you know what? No. His performance was so good. And the range of him acting-wise. it? You know. The end was so good for me. I was like teary-eyed when he was at the when he was at the courthouse, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yes, sir," or whatever. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I was like tearing. I was tearing up. It was it was so good. So I'm gonna give this an eight out of ten.
2: Nice, nice. Solid okay, rating. Roger. What do you think, man?
0: So, I, so I kind of do my ratings on like a, I guess it's like a four or five point scale. So basically, whenever I talk to someone if you haven't heard me do rating before it's either like they'll either give you like one of four things they'll either say like wow this was really good like you need to see this this is a must-watch show movie whatever um just under that is like it's really good I wouldn't necessarily rush out and see it but at some point you should see it after that it's like that was fine you know I could go either way and then after that it's like it was bad don't watch it so for me I would definitely put this it's kind of hard it's kind of between my top two like I think if you love true crime if you love like dark gritty portrayals of things like that I would highly recommend going and see this I think you would really enjoy it if that's not really your thing I still think there's value in watching it I would say definitely watch this at some point but if you know there's so many things coming out right now if it falls on your back burner a little bit I think that's okay um, number wise I would probably give it like a an eight point five in that range I think like for me, like a must-watch, go see it as like an 8.5 to a 10, probably, and then 8.5 to about a 7 is probably like it's really good, see it at some point. Anything after that is like I could take it or leave it. So I think I think this is for the right person. This is must-watch TV. For most people, I would recommend it at some point because it's just a good story. It's really well done. The acting performances are great. Um, I really like things based on a true story, um, and I think that this. From what I can tell, this did justice to that story. Cool.
1: Let's, let's hear Sour Spencer's take on
0: it. Sour Spencer. Well, before my uh
2: before my rating, I do want to ask, is this a top three Apple TV Plus recommendation right now? Mm. Severance number one, Ted Lasso, Lasso number, two. number two. Does this does this fit number you three? You guys
1: are forgetting about the morning show. I'm so sick of you guys forgetting about <laughs> it.
2: Alright, so it's out it's out of Britney's top three.
0: I'm gonna put
1: it in my top three I'll put it in the top three that's fine I
0: would say it's interchangeable with slow horses for me for number three right now but they're very different shows so I would say like acting performance wise I would say like overall quality this would probably be number three slow horses four for me but I really love slow horses it's just a completely different brand it's just Gary Oldman being an ass to everybody which is hilarious (laughs) um yeah so I mean okay yeah I'd say it's a it's definitely worthy of a top three right now
1: i think i'd put it at two if, if i had to like number it you know but um yeah i think it's in the top three
2: okay cool yeah i mean have you guys seen black phone the black phone with uh, ethan hawk it's kind of like, like a thriller
1: not yet i'm scared no okay <laughs> no worries no worries
2: so I- i'm gonna use this analogy because when i was watching black phone throughout the movie i mean subconsciously my rating for this movie was like kind of hovering around like the eight maybe high sevens or like low eights and then the ending was such like it they closed it out so well that it it literally like bumped it up to me you know so if it was sitting at like a seven eight seven nine eight it made the it made the film end on like an 8.3 for me because they really just closed the gap whereas with this show you know there's not there's not a heavy peak of like a climax. You know, it's very just like steady growth and then steady decline. There's not there's not like that plateau of like, wow, this just happened. It's very steady. And they do a great job. I mean, Ray Liotta, this might be top three best performance of his entire career, which is a very good one. Uh Rest in peace to Ray Liotta.
1: Yeah, RIP. Can I ask one thing about Ray? Yeah. Do you guys know, was he sick during this? Because genuinely, I was worried about him watching this like I was like he looks
0: I don't know awful I,
1: absolutely awful I want to say he and I was, was like because he do you know what I mean like I almost felt weird watching it because we knew that he passed and you see him look this bad
0: yeah to play I was yeah. like to play this role as sort of I think he had one other role that he did right before he passed and so this was definitely one of if not his last role his second to last role um, but mm-hmm. he passed earlier this year, and this show was slated to come out this this year. So that means that it was very close to when the show was finished. So I think, I want to say I think he was. Well, Tar-
2: Taron Egerton did say, he, he literally said that his quote-unquote hero, Ray Liotta, was in ailing health while filming the series. So yes, yes. he was in poor health. It um, looked,
1: it looked bad, you guys. Like he this did was so like, good
2: though. Like no, I was I know, beyond d- impressed. Oh yeah, he did good so good. But
1: like, did you not feel a little weird watching it? Like now knowing how sick he, was. I felt weird. Like oh wow, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? It Just was, it was
2: a little weird. It's like watching the scenes. Dark Knight. You know, right after Heath Ledger passes away, and you're like, wow, he's not around. Like this is. Kind of weird, exactly. you know,
1: and especially if he he died from being so sick or whatever when you or his health declining, right? Yeah, you see it in the show, and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, because I, yeah. I turned to brain and I was like, this is he looks bad.
2: Yeah, he was definitely very scary and poor health.
1: But it was a great. Um, oh, and did do you, do you know if he passed when the show was filming or did it wrap? No,
2: it it wrapped. Mm-hmm. It wrapped. Oh, okay,
1: because they did a. Um, you know, uh,
2: episode three. This episode's uh,
1: dedicated to yeah. Rayleigh. and it was episode three, so I wasn't sure if it was during it,
2: but yeah, no. So I think to your point, or like to kind of what we were discussing, this was sitting around kind of like the the low eights, you know, for me. But because of the abrupt ending, which once again was not bad, it was just abrupt. It really kind of pulled it down to like the seven point six seven seven range. So I think if I were to give it a rating, I would say probably seven point six, just because of the, the build, 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 and then really just cut it off like mentality. Whereas I understand they wanted to, at least from the perception, is they wanted to keep this very in line. They didn't want a lot of flack when it came back to telling the true story of a very horrendous situation, which can be very difficult as a writer and or director and or actor is trying to portray these real life events that were very terrible. So I think there's a lot that goes into this, but a very quality driven show. Tara Negerton, I mean, it was, kind of weird seeing him after a couple years because I think his last performance is really at least the last big one was Rocket man yeah and so and yeah he, yeah he was in Sing, yeah
1: Sing one and two
2: yeah so I mean I I think it's a good show I think it's worth watching however I think there's a lot of other shows that fall into the same category that I would recommend over it when it comes to true crime or serial killers but I think the the aesthetics and the quality was really there and it was present. And so, yeah, good show. I recommend it.
1: So it looks like the overall without a mic rating is... D- 8 out of
2: 10, everybody. Hey. <laughs> 8 out of 10. Hey, 8, 8, 8 <laughs> out of
1: 10.
2: Hey. <laughs> Wait, okay. Now now that we have that rating, I want to know your guys' top projects for Taryn. Obviously, we talked about yes. his, his IMDb, his, his his project history is not super in-depth. However... I, I'm just going to be straight up. I haven't seen Rocket Man, so it's not going to be on my list. Um, so there's going to be a couple different fluctuating pieces, whereas it probably would be on my list if I saw it. I just haven't seen it. So I want to hear you guys' top three. What do you got?
1: Okay, well I do want to say I haven't seen Rocket Man as well, but this weekend I watched a bunch of clips, so I basically saw the movie. No, I'm just kidding. But I watched.
0: We <laughs> <That's- laughs> gotta get over that. I track. knew I knew Roger.
1: I knew Roger wasn't gonna like that. That's why I said it. Um, no, I've I. Seen the trailer I wanted to. The it's
0: basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've
1: <laughs> seen the whole thing. I wanted to watch a bunch of clips so I could understand kind of what it was about, right? So I could see his acting performance. So my husband watched it and I said, you know, like what scenes really stood out for you? He said there was like a pool scene where uh, he's at his lowest. There was a scene where he was, anyway, I just watched a bunch of scenes. So I did put it in my list because I, I got the overall, you know, but number one, I did put Blackbird. I think this is his best so far. Okay. I really do.
2: What, what else do you have? What's up, what, what, what are two and three?
1: Well, two, I have Rocket Man.
2: Okay. And even though you three, haven't seen it. Great. Even okay. though I haven't
1: seen it. You know, a lot of, a lot of clips. And number three, I, I have Kingsman.
2: Which one? The Secret Service just or Golden Circle? One. Okay.
1: The Secret Service, right? Okay.
2: That's I just had to clarify. One. You know, I mean, I, I <laughs> trust me. I, I I figured I knew where that was going, but just for audiences to know, yeah,
1: no, that the Secret first... Service
2: was much better than Golden Circle. Golden Circle was
0: horrible. Sure. That was a horrible I,
2: movie. I
1: didn't love it, it either. I agree. I didn't.
2: Did, did you like the Kingsman? That the Kingsman or whatever? It was
0: alright. I haven't
1: seen the Kingsman. It was good. Though. I
0: liked it. it was good. I thought it was good. I I feel like Ray Fiennes is good. It was missing something for me but I feel like it was pretty good.
2: Um, They had a good twist in kind of the middle, louder part of the movie. Like a really good twist.
0: Did not see that coming. Um, So I guess I can go. So mine are the same three as Brittany, just in a different order. So I have Blackbird as number one. Um, I think it shows the most range for him. And like when I think of Blackbird, I do think of Paul Hauser, but I like the moment where after Paul Hauser basically confesses to him some of the things and then he's just in his cell, like, like basically like freaking out because, you know, he's trying to play it off with Paul Hauser when he's, when he's in there with Larry, you know, he has to be cool and sort of play like he's, he's okay with all this stuff. But the real side of him, like seeing that, like, like that just really sold it for me. Like just the the toll this had on him as a person. And I genuinely like, got that from him so i think for me black can
1: i say that the, the creepiest part of that scene when he's in his cell um and he's bawling because he just heard this brutal killing of a 14 year old girl he's in his cell he's crying and then larry's saying are you, are, you yeah, yeah. are you awake james are you awake james and i was like oh and he just couldn't say anything and he's like okay well, sleep good i was yeah. like oh my gosh it was it was a great scene mm-hmm
0: yeah so i for that reason i put this as number one um number two for me i am a huge fan of the first kingsman movie it's one of my favorite movies so for me that's number two and then number three is rocket man um i think i think in kingsman like him playing eggsy is just like like at that time like i know he's evolved as an actor but at that time i think that was like the perfect role that was like him
1: it was made for right. him. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so, like, the, just sort of that, like, suave, kind of cool. Like, he almost played that same role at the beginning of Blackbird, right, before he went to jail. He was kind of, you know, obviously he was more of a criminal, and then Kingsman, he's supposed to be, like, a special agent. But, you know, sort of that, like, suave, like, confident, cocky, like, super capable guy. Like, that's, that's who he played. Um, I just love Kingsman. Colin Firth, we've talked about him recently as well. So Amazing. underrated in that, like, just that pairing it was just a gift that we got to have them in a movie together because they were just so good. Um, also sort of a kind of crazy twist in the middle, which now that I think about it, the King's man wasn't too far off from earlier movies with some of the twists they had um, thinking about it now. So yeah, th- yeah. those would be my top three. Um, I'm a huge Taron Edgerton fan. He hasn't done a lot of stuff. Um, again, most notably he was in Sing two recently before Blackbird, but before that it's been quite a while since he's been in something like Massive. Uh second Kingsman movie wasn't good, although he did a good job in that as well. So
1: I will say I've seen Sing Two about twenty five times. It's my daughter's favorite movie. And so I've seen it so many times. But uh yeah, he has an amazing singing voice. Yeah,
0: he's the gorilla. Like if you haven't seen it.
1: Yes. Yes. He is so talented.
2: Well, Britney's going to be very happy because Taron Egerton is going to be in a film with Jason Bateman here soon. I saw so. that. Uh, yeah, oh, so that's, ga- so that's going to be dangerous. Um, I, have, I have my three. One of them is not on your guys' list, so I think that makes it a little bit intriguing because I haven't seen Rocket Man. I will say my number one is Kingsman. Rightfully so, you nailed it on the head. He's made for this role. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a weird comparison, but I think you guys can kind of see where I'm coming from here. Almost like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween. I can't imagine any other girl starring in that role. And she's had so many better roles. But I consider that one of her best because it's her most iconic role. So I feel like that's how Kingsman Secret Service is. It's his most iconic role. Mm-hmm. He, he'll he probably be better in other roles as he progresses in his career. But that one will always stick to me because it was so perfectly made for him. Uh, number it just two. just
1: introduced him to Hollywood. With, yeah, like, that's it how, really did. his breakout. Introduced him. He's like... Terrence here to stay. Yeah, thats that totally movie is so Kingdom criminally
0: does. underrated. It makes me sick. Like I love that movie so much. I
1: know, I know. It's Braden's. Like I think it's his favorite movie.
2: Really? I there it was is. a. I I, I got to find it. There was a movie with Matthew McConaughey that was directed by Guy Fury that is so similar, like the vibe and by the energy.
1: Who?
2: I mean, not Guy Fury. Uh, Guy Ritchie. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> 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 like <laughs> diners sorry, driving to
1: die. Are you
2: serious? I, I'm oh hungry. I'm hungry, okay? Oh I'm my, hungry. Oh my god. No, I, I actually I need to find this. Oh, <laughs> the The Gentleman? I think that's what it's oh, called. I've heard yeah, of that. the gentleman. I've heard of that. It's very similar. Like it is very much like the and the editing too, you know how like Kingsman uses the like slow mo, like really zoomed in. Mm-hmm. They, they they utilize those for the action shots. The gentleman is really good in that regard as well, and it's very comically uh, or, like, comedically, I don't know, present. So I think there's a lot of wit to it, and I think you guys would like it. Uh, number two is Blackbird for me. I just think, yes, his his range is probably the best I've seen. When I started Blackbird, I remember we were having a conversation, and I was like, yeah, I'm not a big Taron Egerton fan. And I remember it was just like, oh how how do you not like him
0: well you're throwing and... tom holland around so we had to we had to culturize these. Exactly. oh god exactly. that's even, he's that's even worse no that's i'm just kidding he has
2: been in better roles than Ter egerton though i will say so that's kind of the unfortunate truth
1: no he has not devil all
2: the time cherry yeah he's been you can
1: come you can compare devil all the time to something like blackbird
2: okay and then cherry I think that's, what do you have there?
1: that's the only other one now I mean... you have spider-man's that's
2: yeah, he, he, I mean, he's... Hey, t- I'm not going to start the Spider-Man train comparison because I know you guys are Andrew Garfield fans, but I do think that he is probably the most well-rounded Spider-Man, but we won't get into that because I already know that that's going to cause a whole different... Conflict. We just got to have an episode... My number
0: three... Oh, go ahead. Okay, so we got to have an episode My number we three... <laughs> we got to debate just one episode where we all just bring up our takes that we've just been... Isn't that doing? every episode? We do. That's,
1: that's our... Yeah, that's every one. episode in our, all of our lists. we got to stay on topic <laughs> to
2: some extent. But, sorry, go ahead. Your the number three... Great
1: debate. <laughs> Yes, number
2: three. Number three, the, the film was not that great. However, I feel like this role, at least for Taron Egerton now, and I don't think he wants to be known as this person, but he he fits this role so well because he's kind of just been in this cocky, scammy type role. And everything he does, he's kind of in that role besides Rocketman. And so Billionaire Boys Club with oh, yeah. uh, unf- Yep, so that also has, uh, what's his name? Um, from Baby Driver, I'm forgetting his name. Oh,
1: Ansel Yeah, Ansel Elgert, Elgert. yep.
2: So he's in that one. Uh, Kevin Spacey, which, unfortunate circumstances with him going on right now, but uh, Billionaire Boys Club, not a great film. However, he fits that role very similar to Kingsman, where he's playing this, you know, pretty much scammy, get-rich-quick, you know, guy, and that is him. And I hope that he progresses out of it, but that's kind of how I see him right now, is this very, like, maybe anxious. He, he's not super composed and calm and collected. He's very much like, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to be very confident. I'm going to go very fast and we're going to do things. It's like, whoa, OK, all right. Like, let's just relax a little bit. So I think that Blackbird is a great segment and transition because he's kind of taking that step. Yeah. And I hope that his future projects now resemble that, whether it's with Marvel and Wolverine or other deeper projects, such as the one with Jason Bateman. I just think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for him to kind of cross that bridge.
0: Yeah, I mean, Wolverine is coming. I mean, I don't know if you, if you've been watching She-Hulk, but there was a reference in there to. Oh, was that? Wolverine. Yeah,
1: yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they're
2: like, oh, I don't think there's anybody else who could do it like him. I think Taron is a great pick for that if they decide to go
0: with him. I think they should. I think that would be my my question would be, does he want to do it? I don't think it's a question of.
1: Yes, he does. He
0: did you does. see? He has,
1: he has an interview where he says, I am waiting for that call. Like I Oh he
0: it. he met with he met with Kevin Feige.
2: He met with yeah, him like a month yeah. ago or two months ago. Okay. And he
1: said that he's like he's like you know, he's like if it comes about, I'm ready. Like
0: Yeah. That would be But he also said if he
1: doesn't get it, he understands. That would
0: be an absolute gift if they nail that. Because I don't Well and did you see who's the
2: lead runner for uh, Mr. Fantastic now? Would I'm you... not
1: happy about it at all.
2: Wait, do you know okay, who the guy who, from you who...
1: Penn Begley. Yeah.
2: Yes, I think that's great. I think that is phenomenal. He fits the Mr. Fantastic vibe so well. John Krasinski I just was such been, a fan casting. It wasn't even like thought John out. I wanted John
1: Krasinski kick. Uh,
0: See, the thing is... I, I wanted like John, him and but...
1: Emily Blunt to be... Okay, let me say why. I don't think... But, I don't think he is superhero material. Who? Penn Bagley.
0: Well, so... So people actually were saying, well, he'd be a better Dr. Doom. Like, I think he'd make a great Dr. Mm-hmm. Doom. And I was like, well, here's the thing, because his branding is is you, right? Like, that's what he's most known for. So to make that swing... And
2: Pretty Little Liars, right? Is he on no, that show? Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. Like, when
0: people see him, you think you, right? Like, that's, yes. like, yeah. what yep. you associate yeah. him with. So it's, like, for him to make that switch to Mr. Fantastic, who's the headliner of a cast of superheroes in a... Sh- Basically, Disney has to get this right, right? Because if this Fantastic Four flops it will be untouchable
1: they are screwed yeah so yeah. they
0: need to get it right so i i can see like as an actor he's great but i feel like they should i feel like they wouldn't be they wouldn't have the guts to take that risk right let's take a a serial killer type evil person and uh, that they're known for and cast them as like mr fantastic who's this like super smart yeah guy. i don't know i i don't think it would be a horrible casting i just he's don't know very if,
2: marketable i will say that he
0: is but i don't know if they have the, the guts to take that swing you know, I think they would want to be safer with especially Fantastic Four. Like, if it was another role like Moon Knight or something like that, I could see where they're like, yeah, let's bring in somebody. Nobody knows who this is, but...
2: But the stakes are too high. That's what I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I think
0: the stakes are too high. I just don't...
1: I just don't see him as Mr. Fantastic. I don't know. When I read it, when I read it, I was like, okay, this is probably a rumor. Like, this is probably like a, you know, fake whatever. But it's it's real. I mean, I I don't know if he's met with them already or... Yeah, and so I'm like, maybe they just want to interview a couple. Reed Richards. Maybe see.
2: I'm, maybe I'm connecting him and I forgot. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but e- Eon or Eon uh, Grufford who played the original Mister Fantastic from like the older oh, Fantastic yeah. Fours, and they just they resemble each other so well. So maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of him too much visually, but I do think that.
1: Oh yeah,
2: Pen Bagley he was a good one. He was good, and I thought that. Th- I think. Once again, Fox and Sony have just never, in my opinion, nailed it on the mark. I think Logan was like the best production from both studios on. And X Men of Future Past
0: was the other one that I think was incredibly well done. No, remember, Brittany loved ever Dark Phoenix. Which one. Oh gosh,
1: I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I mean,
0: and I liked it. So yeah, I think I think Days of Future Past is by far the only other massive massive well done success that they did because that crossover was so hard to nail but they did it so well um between old and new but yeah i I think the new direction of x-men is going to be interesting to see if taron edgerton is wolverine i mean we know wolverine's coming it's just a matter of who it's going to be i think that would be a fantastic choice and i think
1: and he has the body to do it i can't stress that enough (laughs)
2: Brittany's like i've been focusing and really working on his body
0: not of work by his body his body oh
1: you guys wanted me to do his body of work oh yeah. sorry it's an important
0: <laughs> distinction on this show but uh yeah no yeah. i think no i think well actually i think after um, blackbird that helps his case for wolverine because wolverine yeah. is not like a cocky like oh yeah you know i'll just come in and do everything like he's very like brooding and like he's very like angry all the time so it's like seeing like that side of him in blackbird where he's a lot more like serious and like more calculated i think that helps maybe his case because that's the first role where we've really seen him like with that range. And I think Wolverine isn't Wolverine is very opposite of like Eggsy or billionaire boys club. You know, it's not the same role at all, but I mean, yeah, I think physically he looks like he could be Wolverine. Yes. Do I think his acting will work now after Blackbird? I think you can make more of an argument that it would.
1: I do want to say about Blackbird real quick, because the whole time I was thinking this and I, I think I even brought it up to you guys or maybe texted it to you guys, but what i didn't like okay is that his jail what is it called like a jail ward outfit oh, no his uh, outfit, outfit a jumpsuit it was tailored to his body so perfectly that i was like this is like getting like it was like uh, so unrealistic Brittany,
2: they're appealing to audiences like you who focus I on know, his body and they, was-
1: they did it but i also have to be like okay that's a little unrealistic <laughs> nobody looks like that in a jumpsuit like he, it was crazy. Well,
0: let me say this. They said it was based on the true story. So I'm sure that was the one thing that was inaccurate, right? They're like, <laughs> we got to tell the story. If it was going to be somebody else, we, would, we wouldn't we would do this. But now we have to put based on true events because we're going to tailor the jumpsuit so Taron Edgerton looks He had better. like a Gucci that, jumpsuit. That,
1: I'm like, what the that heck? That was the one
0: inconsistency historically. The jumpsuits were not it's that It's supposed good. to be a Everything else was 100 It's supposed to
1: be like accurate. a potato sack. <laughs> and it just like was completely <laughs> tailored completely to him. Like, oh my gosh.
2: Well, it's been it's been a couple of weeks since we've caught up. So, I, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up this episode, I want to know what are you guys watching? You know, I know that movies are starting to trickle back in. There's a lot of drama with, you know, movies like Don't Worry Don't Worry Darling. Yeah. I went to I went to see Spider-Man No Way Home again in theaters yesterday because it was National like Cinema one? Day. Uh, yeah, the extended All one, which it was, was it great. Good? Yeah, yeah, there's some there're definitely some pieces that they added which was really cool, but they for the National like Movie Day or Cinema Day, they showed Pretty much a trailer for almost every like no or every movie that like they want you to like see this year so there's a lot of different projects coming out for the rest of the year and as roger and i discussed last week a lot of oscar driven projects rather than Mm -hmm. cheap thrills so i just want to know what are you guys watching right now tv movies one or the other both Uh, i want to hear it
1: um i'm trying to get caught up on um only murders in the building season two um but other than that, that's it. I still have to get caught up on... I'm watching She-Hulk. Okay. So I am watching it. Um, I'm just not caught up. I haven't up. seen episode two. Okay, I've seen episode two. I haven't seen three and four.
0: Have they come out already? Three is out.
1: Yes, because I've been gone for... Well, isn't four from...
0: I think it's just three. Because I, I think it four four's coming out this week. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: okay. Maybe I was thinking... Anyway, I'm... Not, but I'm behind on that, and I'm behind on Game of Thrones. Just because I did take a vacation, so I need to get caught up. Are you
2: talking House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones? Yeah, Rewatched? House of the Dragon. Okay, okay, cool.
1: Yeah, I do want to rewatch Game of Thrones, but I just can't get the heart to do it.
2: Well, I will say, maybe, maybe this is a good segue if if you want me to kind of um, recommend some shows because House of the Dragon so far has been really good like this mm-hmm. is this is shaping up to be i think anything any game of thrones a fan would probably want but once again i haven't seen the show that's but watching it from a non-bias perception like it is really detailed the cinematography is brilliant the acting is brilliant the story is so complex with drama like it is there's so much that you're like oh my god there's no way this is about to happen and then that's what feels <laughs> the next week like Brittany, episode two is milestones ahead in regards to drama than episode one like there's so much that's brewing that it's it's outrageous you want to watch the next episode so i think house of the dragon has got to be like at the top of everybody's list whether you've seen game of thrones or not i highly recommend starting it i really want to watch lord of the rings because i am a big fan of the the trilogy i think they did a great job i know that uh was it jeff bezos or like a relative or something that said like don't like don't I mean, I'll I'll paraphrase. It was don't his son. don't screw this up, you know. Like this oh, yeah. <laughs> is. So I think that there's a lot of pressure, but also a lot of opportunity, mm-hmm. especially if they're going to make this into a three, four, five season show. Five then there's a
0: that they have yeah.
2: So there, there's a lot of opportunity to build this up. Wow. Um, however, I will say I just finished season five of Better Call Saul oh, nice. because season six isn't anywhere to watch unless you buy it, which is totally fine. But that show it's like reminding me that this show is on the same level as top tier shows like this show is so so good like i highly recommend watching it it's definitely the best uh like prequel series or even like spin off any yeah spin-off series that i've ever seen i think it's it's so well done i've seen people
1: okay spence i'm with you i'm i just watched it on the plane i watched better call Saul season five and oh you I'm- did I did. I'm. Uh, I'm on episode five right oh now. Oh my
2: god! The the cliffhanger at the end. It's making me want to buy the entire season six
0: right now. And I think well, I you will. You should.
1: A lot of people. A lot of people are raving over season six. Well, I've seen, yeah,
0: I've even seen people starting the conversation. Is it better than Breaking Bad? I've heard that.
1: I've I've heard that. I'm gonna say no, but whatever. I mean, I haven't
2: finished well, it, finish but it, I just. I think. Well, I heard it has one of the best conclusions in tv period like i heard that the last wow. episode is really really well done it's
0: hard to, okay, I'm excited. It's hard to quantify the power of a, of a great ending because like yes i, if, if, I, I don't think breaking oh bad, here we go i already know where this is going well i'm just saying i think i think breaking bad ended well but I, I don't i i don't think it was like amazing right it was like it was satisfying and it closed it tied the knot and put a bow on it and let you leave but i think if better call saul has a fantastic incredible ending then obviously there's recency bias because people have just watched it but i can see why that might change your perception so um well especially
1: do you think that a prequel can be better than the original i mean like without a doubt i think that's
0: possible i think once house of the dragon finishes however many seasons it goes i think if they end it right and i'll get into this in a second but i think if they end it right people would probably start that conversation is is it better than the original game of thrones just because if the ending (laughs) is so good and people will people will compare basically just that. They'll be like, "Yeah, I mean, it was the ending was much better. I I like House of the Dragon better." But I will say Well,
2: here's a very okay. I just want to say a quick naive thought, a very naive thought.
0: You need to the watch the first Game of episode of
2: You need to watch Yes, Game I know. Yeah, the, you do.
1: Yeah, but, you do. but first
2: episode of House of the Dragon because by the way, I watched 30 minutes of the first episode of Game of Thrones a while back. Oh. And and I couldn't I couldn't latch myself in. I was like, ah, this isn't like it's it's, it's, it's not enticing me. And I understand it's a pilot yeah. episode. It was like when they first introduced the show, so there's a lot of ground that they have to break. However, with the first episode of House of Dragon, it, it got me so fast. Like I was I was hooked, They're I was in it, smart. they explained things really well. There was a lot of detail. For somebody who doesn't know this world or the lore at all, they did a really good job. So I think that gives me a little bit of a hope in regards to what they can accomplish but it's a difference in are they actually going to accomplish it so i
1: was really really intrigued to see how you would take it because i knew you haven't seen game of thrones and i wanted you to watch house of dragon and i wanted it from the perspective of people who haven't seen game of thrones because it's it is different right but like you have this new thing where this is like your game of thrones this is your sunday this is you know you're watching it I'm not there yet. I'm still super bitter. I'm like, I can't get over it. <laughs> I'm excited. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm not like, oh, it's Sunday. It did it, you know, but um, I just don't think that I don't think that a branch from a show necessarily can be better only because it came from that show. Well, do you know what I mean? It's almost like a respect thing, but not really. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's a, that's be a hard line policy. to draw.
0: I'm not gonna lie. Well,
1: I know, I know, but I just feel like I can't say it. You got to be open minded like, oh, with it though. Yeah, so here's
0: the thing. Here's the thing. So, to kind of branch into what I've been watching, I started reading Fire and Blood, which is the book that House of the Dragon is based on. And so, I really wanted to read it while the show's going, so that I understand sort of where it's coming from. But the the difference here is that Game of Thrones is a long book series that hasn't been finished because George R.R. Martin has basically written himself into a corner and he doesn't know how to tie it up. Yeah. And so... He screwed up. I mean, he's he's claiming he wasn't involved in the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones. I don't know how true that is, but it's it's inarguable that a lot of people didn't like the ending. I'm in the minority. I don't think it was egregious, but I didn't have high expectations for it. So going back to House of the Dragon... This is a closed story. So the book that it's based on is like hundreds of years of history following generations. And they basically zoomed in and took a slice of it and said, "Okay, we're going to blow this up and make this a show. So, I mean, it has an ending and it's been really well thought out. And this book has been really well received. So that's why I have high hopes for it, because they're working with content that's closed. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's a good point. So that's why I think it's going to be successful. Um, and like Spencer said, like that first episode, they really marketed it so that like if you love Game of Thrones, you're coming back like, oh, this feels like nostalgic, like what we loved about Game of Thrones. And if you haven't seen it, it hooks you right away. It catches you up. It doesn't make you like stumble through the lore and who the characters are. It just jumps in, gets you gets you hooked. And then second episode is a little bit more character building, which was necessary. And I think this, this third episode, I believe, is the one where they're going to jump three years in the future. So They're going to bring in the new cast. And sort of that's where it's going yeah, to. Yeah, I heard out.
2: about that. I think that's kind of wild because I like, I love the cast that they have right now. But I understand that that's the story that they have to tell. So kind of weird that they're bringing in new characters or new two. actors.
0: It's Rhaenyra and Alicent are going to be replaced with older counterparts. Yeah. But I mean, it's so I think it's really well done. The book is actually really good. I'm actually enjoying it a lot because it's basically from Aegon the Conqueror all the way down. Um, so I'm learning a lot of lore stuff, which I'll. You know, share anything that's relevant throughout the show. I haven't hit in the book the time period where this show is taking place yet. I think I'm on the great okay. grandfather of the Targaryen, so I'm like two generations behind. Um, but really cool stuff, and like just sort of the lore building out the show is really cool. Um, I have seen the first two episodes of Lord of the Rings. Um, I I was really worried about this show. I was really worried about the show that it was just going to be a cash grab and basically just forced and really like weird i think so far i'm liking it actually i don't think it's as good as game of thrones but it's also not trying to be game of thrones um they i thought they were going to introduce a much bigger starting cast but really they're following about four storylines which i think is okay um so you're sort of getting to know these characters right now they sort of start off in different parts of the world and over time they're eventually probably going to come together um, but right now I think the different storylines they have going it's enough it's enough to keep me able to focus and interested in all of them and they all sort of have some sort of urgency which I think helps it a lot so I'd say if you haven't seen it if you like the original trilogy it's not going to be the original trilogy I'll just say that now but it is I think it's a good start and I'm interested to see where it goes um, they took some liberties in some places um, but i think overall they're staying pretty true to like middle earth and the whole story
2: well roger and i talked about this is the solution for star wars
0: yeah go Start, back go,
2: go hundreds of years back where you don't have to involve anybody that has to do with anakin skywalker yes, and please. do your own story yeah. you know because look it's working for game of Thrones. I think there's a high expectation and, and anticipation that it's going to work for Lord of the Rings. It will work. And so I think it will also work for Star Wars, which is exactly what Taika Waititi is going to do with his Star Wars project, is completely disregard everything else that has been you know, talked about in regards to characters. So I know that, that Britney has, isn't the biggest Star Wars or Lord of the Rings person. However... I think that you would enjoy them if you watch them, especially if you like fantasy in any regard. Well, that's why. Okay,
1: I said this statement yesterday to Brayden, and he kind of laughed a little bit when I Brayden was watching Lord of the Rings, the show, and I was in the background, and I was like, I just don't know if I can get into this fairy tale mythical thing. And he's Mm -hmm. like, But you love Game of Thrones, and I was like. Okay, but is it comparable? Because the only real thing that's like in Game of Thrones is dragons. It's
0: grim dark fantasy, which is a very different brand. Like Game of Thrones. Okay, I
1: thought that too because I was like, I, "It's just not—it's not my thing." But I am going to watch it for the sake of the podcast because I love this podcast.
0: <laughs> so
1: I am going to watch it, and Part if they do, do yeah, if they do like a new Star Wars thing, I'll watch it too. Especially if Tyka does it. But um, well, I think Tyka's on my shit list right now. I think
0: so. and or. I think Andor in some ways is doing this, right? Because it, it is using a yes. character we know, but we know really nothing else about this cast and what, what they're doing. And, and like Spencer said earlier, I think it was last week he said that if they really want to focus on real people. There's no Jedi, there's no like force, which is where they mess up all the time. So it's like, let's just do a Star Wars story like Rogue One about just regular people. There's no strings attached. Let's just be creative and write a good script with great cast and make it yeah and i think that's what andor is going to be which is why i'm super excited for it um but i'll just rattle off the other things i've been watching real quick i finished only murders in the building season two fantastic ending really crazy ending um so we'll probably have to talk about that uh i've yes. i'm watching the staircase which has gotten emmy nods for colin firth and tony collette's performances that's also really good it's on hbo max um I wouldn't say it's the best show I've ever seen, but it is really good. It's based on a true, based on true events as well. Um, I'm watching She-Hulk. I'm one episode behind. I watched Lord of the Rings. I'm caught up on House of the Dragon. Um, There's something else I was watching. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, I'm reading. Have have any of you delved into the
2: Sandman at all? No, not yet.
1: Braden's going to start it this week.
0: I've got too much going on. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's it's intriguing yeah. but it's not captivating enough for me right now. I'm in the earlier parts. It's an, it's definitely an intriguing universe and and story, but like it's it's a little bit off the mark for me. Well,
0: Neil Gaiman the author, he's he's active on Twitter and he's basically been saying like I don't know if it's going to get a season 2. It's like done well, but not well enough. So I think I think people probably watched it cuz it was there's nothing else to watch at the time. Yeah. But I don't know if it's... Especially
1: on Netflix. Yeah,
0: like, it was Netflix. It was like, here's the new thing. And I don't know how yeah. well it's actually carried on, despite being watched a lot initially, so...
2: Yeah. Well, Brittany, I gotta ask you, because you weren't here last week. What movie are you anticipating most for the rest of the year?
1: Um, don't Worry Darling, only because um, we've definitely talked about it. We've hyped it up. We're really, really excited. I can speak for all of us. We talked about it during our Emmy noms. Or no. What did we talk about? Maybe we did. I don't know. We talked about it. And I know we're really excited. Um, but now that there's all this drama surrounding it, I'm really intrigued. But I also think it's going to hurt the movie. So. Oh, it will. Really? I think it will. Oh, I think it already has. I think
0: so too. Yeah, Florence
2: is is skipping out she's, on photo she's ops not, and
1: she's not doing it. She said she'll do the carpet and that's it. Yeah, and I don't even think Harry's doing any press for it either. So well, because two... him and
2: him and director Olivia Wilde are together, so that's kind of yeah. an intriguing
0: match. I think.
1: So you have two your your two main actors in this film are not doing press for it. That's not a good look, well, and Olivia Wilde does not have a good look right now, in my and opinion. And that's why I
0: don't think it's going to do well. I think if Olivia Wilde was—I was, a, was I think if Florence Pugh was in the wrong and Olivia Wilde was in the right, people would go see it a lot more, but I think because it's the other way around, people are like, oh yeah, Florence Pugh is like, you know, she's upset, Olivia Wilde's kind of in the wrong. It's her movie, right? I think that it's easier to hurt Olivia Wilde by not seeing it than it is to hurt Florence Pugh by not seeing it, so—
1: I really do want to see it uh, ever we'll since the to trailer it. released. We'll it. Yeah, we're gonna go. Spencer and I are gonna go see it. Yeah, we're actually gonna go see it together. Nice. But um, I've been wanting to see it just from just from the trailer by itself. Take out any of the drama. It looks like an yeah, incredible movie with lots of twists. It looks like a psychological thriller, which we love. Yep. Um, but personally, when you start seeing all this stuff and you see videos of Olivia Wilde you know, referring to Florence as Miss Flo, it's really disrespectful. Yeah. And it's almost like...
0: Well, and Shia LaBeouf, too. I mean, he... Basically, like, she tried to portray it, like, he left, and he was like, you know why I left. Like
2: (laughs) He had a great email, by the way. I read the full email that he sent to... Olivia. Variety? And
1: oh, to, oh, to he, Olivia. Yeah, he
2: forwarded it to Variety. But it was very well spoken. And I've listened to Shia LaBeouf. And I know he's been love him. definitely in the wrong on a very, like, I love him. serious note. But I think if you if he was in this movie instead of Harry Styles, because I'm gonna tell you right now, Harry Styles is my one qualm. I don't know if he has what it takes for this role. And so if it was Shia... With what he did in Honey Boy and what he's done in Fury and all these Peanut other Butter films, Peanut Butter Falcon, Peanut Butter, honestly, great movie. Well, he's been doing I a know. lot of low key,
0: underrated, of underrated as well. Like he's gone and down a very different route with like live acting performances and like theater and and interpretive things like that. So, I mean, he's definitely like explored a lot of things that I think would make him fit well for this role.
1: I agree, Spencer. If it was Shia over Harry, I would a hundred and ten percent trust it way more. Um, but for her to dog on Shia when he's already hurting, he's already down, um, he's already getting, which is deserved, right? The criticism, it's deserved totally.
2: Which he's so, owned fully. Which like- he,
1: Yes, he's owned, right? But for her to, like, make it like, oh,
0: she made it about Shia her. was
1: acting inappropriate. Exactly. It was inappropriate. He didn't fit. He's fired. And then for him to show how, like, for him to be graceful enough to be like, actually, you know what? That's not what happened. Instead of just take the... You take the hit like he could right he actually decided to speak up for himself i think olivia wilde is not a good human being at all
2: damn jason, that's, a, that's a pretty uh bold let me, statement <laughs>
1: let me say why jason sudeikis i'm a fan of obviously i know
2: roger is as well as so am i
1: she um he served her papers at comic con um, yeah and it was supposed to be this huge story right of olivia being the victim of like why it happened. And I just think she's trying to flip this narrative about every aspect in her life to where she's not ever the problem. Hmm. But it seems like with Shia, with Florence, and with Jason, it just seems like she's the issue. And she hasn't owned it at all. And especially from watching that video where she was talking about a wake-up call for Miss Flo. I just can't get over that. I just think that it was like, She's not getting it at all where she is the problem, I feel like. And so, yeah, I just don't think she's, I don't know. I just don't think she's great, but I am really excited for the movie. But yeah, I think well, well test screenings,
2: test screenings haven't been crazy. Like they haven't been bad, but they haven't been like noteworthy. Like, for example, the Flash, t- like Flash has had their second round of test screenings and they said it's the best test screening review since the Dark Knight trilogy for DC. So oh my like that's something that's noteworthy, right? For example, Tar, Tar just got a six minute standing ovation because Cate Blanche is almost a lock for best female actress or best female actor for next year's Oscars. Like, and I'm like, I haven't even seen this sh- movie. I haven't heard much about it. And then those things are just blatantly you know, depicted. Whereas Don't Worry Darling, there's a lot of hype around the Truman Show aspect and the psychological thriller behind it, but there's nothing telling me that this story is going to be Oscar-worthy, which is kind of scaring me, even though I'm equally excited to see it. That's what all the news is about is, oh, Olivia Wilde this or Shia LaBeouf or Florence Pugh, where in reality, it should be about this incredibly diverse, complicated story, but it's not. And the fact that it's not doesn't give me much hope for And it's the not outcome. good PR. Well,
1: I want to say that, too. Like... You normally would think that press around the movie, right, would blow the movie up. This is I think it's actually doing the opposite. I think people are turning mm. away from this project because of all this drama. Well,
0: and I think that's a great point Spencer made too is because it's like for me what gets me excited is people talking about all the different aspects of the movie. Like when you hear like like I know you guys aren't the biggest Tom Cruise fans, but when Top Gun was coming out, people were talking about <laughs> like like all the things they did, like the actors were in the planes and they were filming themselves. And like you said, with tar, it's like, Oh, Kate Blanchett, like six minutes standing ovation. Those aren't things about the actual movie. Like people aren't saying the movie's great. They're talking about all the aspects that went into it because people are passionate about sharing things like that. And with don't worry, yeah. darling, like other than the trailer, which I was initially really hyped for, the only things that have been talked about is just drama with the director and it's hurting it because that's not getting people excited about the movie. Like, even Black Panther, people are talking about like, oh yeah, Chadwick Boseman, you know, we're going to pay homage to him and like honor him. It's like, you know, people are amped about that and they're excited about that. And so they're passionate and they talk about it. But with with movies like Don't Worry Darling, where it's like drama or where you don't really hear anything about the movie at all, that makes me think that the actors, the cast, the people really aren't that hyped about it. Like, And I, mm. and I mean, I've seen a ton of stuff about House of the Dragon. i have seen a ton of stuff about Game of Thrones. And just like, you know, 20 visual effects studios came together like, you know, that's cool. Like, I'm not hearing anything about Don't Worry Darling like that. But I'm sure when we review it, we'll talk about all the things. That's going to be a wild review. Uh, there's going to be yeah, a lot of aspects to sure. that. So I think we'll cover it all. In I, am,
1: I am excited to start seeing. It's going to be coming up any, I mean, within the next, within the next weeks. two weeks it comes out. But to see how the, like, Olivia Wilde's going to go out there and do press for it. She's going to have to. She's the director. She's going to have to. And I think it's going to hurt it even more. But I'm excited to see where it's gonna you know, like where it's gonna go.
2: Yeah. Once again, I'm very high on Florence Pugh. I think she's top three best female actors in the industry today. So I think having her on board, you have a you have a pretty good cast, mm-hmm. you have a good premise. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of upside, but I think there's also a lot of speculation, a lot of skepticism. So I think just going into it open minded and saying, Hey, what is this movie? What can I see it for without kind of the drama behind the scenes is kind of the way I'm gonna Kind of perceive my experience with that film but there's a lot of good movies coming out and yep. i'm super excited tv shows are not slowing down there's a lot of different things i think uh you know I'll, I'll leave this idea on the pod for maybe a future episode but i think it'd be really cool to put together the top our top three best like produced originals from each streaming platform and compare the top threes to each other That's a good idea and say hey what's what are the you know because there's a lot of content that's not great for like Netflix right now, but there has been great content in the past. And so I think everybody has really solid content that's coming out that has been out that's currently going. So I think there's a lot to look forward to within the film industry right now.
0: Yeah. And I will say next week, we'll be covering the Emmys. So that'll be our reaction sort of talking about the results. So we obviously did a, or a lot, not maybe not obviously, but we did do an Emmys prediction. We covered sort of, all the nominees for the major categories. If you haven't seen that episode yet, check it out. The Emmys will be September 12th. Um, I believe it's streaming on you know live TV, but also on Peacock. So if you don't have live TV, nice check out Peacock. That's where you'll be able to watch it. And we will be giving you coverage of all the our thoughts and opinions on all the shows and the winners and who didn't win, snubs, things like that. Uh,
1: and who picked? I'm gonna have a list of everything that we picked. Oh, nice! Before, I was say, we, we all that. decided. Yeah, we all decided to pick. Um, you know who we think is gonna win and the reasons why. So it'll be cool to see uh, who has the most picks. That
2: will you be. Gonna, really you know, safe. we got
1: it. You know, we gotta compete on this pod, right? Yeah, we gotta have bragging rights.
0: It's all competition. I'm just here. excited for all the Emmys. Severance will win, and just for the. To, I'm.
1: You know just what? To bring people,
0: like, I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying for the people who are going to watch the Emmys and be like, what is Severance? and watch it and just have their minds flattened like a pancake and then made into like art. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be like, I'm just so excited for Severance to do, to take that next step to where everyone's going to watch it. And that's, I think that's going to be Apple's premiere show. It's going to be up there with Ted Lasso, where like, people are like, you have to go watch this show because we've been on it. And
1: Roger, I just want to say, I, I'll be here for you when severance or if severance doesn't win i'll be here for you you can you can call you can text we'll, we'll be your shoulders to cry on because there will be it no tears of happen.
0: sadness only tears of joy
1: <laughs> it <laughs> might not happen but it's going to be really cool to see i'm really excited for so it we're hyped
0: join us next week because we're going to talk about that and uh we'll be covering all these shows and movies coming out like spencer said oscar worthy movies are coming out we've got game of thrones we've got lord of the rings you know there's so many things happening right now So make sure you uh, follow us at Without a Mic on Instagram to stay up to date on latest episode postings, clips, reels. Um, On our story, we post all the news. So, you know, come and join us and let us know if there's anything you're watching, anything that you're excited about. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.
1: Bye. Bye.